do this, be this, don't do this, don't be this. I was on my own to figure out what did I really want to do and be, what things that I think were appropriate and what things were inappropriate. And so it gave me a chance to decide, do I really, you know, yeah, do I... What resonates. Right. And integrity was definitely one of those things. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be open, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Yes. We're ready. We're ready. Even if we're not, we're ready. <laughs> it's like hide and seek. Hide and seek? Yeah. Ready right. or not, here I come. Yep. Are we going to play hide and seek after this? No. No. We're just recording. I think it's interesting that our kids still play hide and seek. They on, do? Like as of six months ago, they would still play hide and seek together. <laughs> It's got to be one of the oldest games in the world. It is pretty basic. You can play it anywhere. It's pretty awesome. Guess your kids are basic. <laughs> they basic. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I like basic games. Taking it back to the original. Any stories for us to start off this week? Well, this last weekend was 4th of July weekend. Yeah, that was fun. How was your weekend, Steve? It was great. Yeah, you had a good time. I did three day trips in three days. Oh. To different places for paddleboarding and hiking. It was amazing. What was trip number one? Uh, Horse Thief Reservoir. Went up with Penny, met up with... Some friends. Yeah, some friends and their kids and did a bunch of paddleboarding. Did you paddleboard all three days? I paddleboarded two of the three. The other one was a waterfall slash swimming hole. So it was sun and water all three days. That's why you're looking so tan. Yes, very, very dark. And I forgot sunscreen the third day, so I'm actually burned. Mm. I had eight SPF tanning oil, <laughs> but I was on the river for four hours. So well, that works. Right. And that is awful using tanning oil on a padding board. I don't, on you a just paddle, slide off paddle board, what I just said. But yeah, you can't freaking grip your paddle <laughs> sliding around on the board. I love it's this ridiculous. visual. Do you have any videos of that? No. I saw you standing on the paddleboard. Yeah. I, I did manage to do that. <laughs> Good job. Good job. But I was, um, I found it interesting that one of my, one of the girls that we were out there with, uh, that's, there's one that's Penny's age and then a, a eight-year-old. And her mom and I are like super good friends. So this is my friend's kids, basically. And she and I have spent a ton of time together, me and her, but we haven't had our kids spend much time together yet and we're always saying like why don't we get our kids together like we need to be like traveling together and camping together and doing things that like we always do just independently with our kids why not do them together so anyway we did that but one of her daughters is queer and, oh really yeah an eight-year-old who we're just chatting penny and the other girl went off on one of the paddle boards and me and the eight-year-old were on my paddle board and she's like they're probably talking about boys over there <laughs> and i was like they probably are and you know just the conversation went on and i was like so what about you are you interested in in any boys and she was talking about boys 
She said, no, I don't really care for boys. I like girls. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. tell me about this girl that she has a crush on. And I don't know. Was, but yeah, she's like at eight years old, totally identifies as, in her words, queer. Interesting. Yeah. I just love that eight-year-old that knows, knows herself and feels safe enough to embrace that. Awesome. Sounds adventurous. Yeah. So one of the questions that we got, Steve, was <clears throat> do Speedos come in eight packs for you? <laughs> Who's asking us this? Do you no buy Speedos in eight that. packs? No, no, yeah, they, they really did. <laughs> Somebody really asked us, can you get those in like eight packs or do you just buy one at a time? You buy one at a time. Oh, okay. I have lots of them. Yeah, you do. Only some of which I like. Speedos are so hit and miss. And first of all, where the heck is a Speedo store? Not in Idaho and not the kind of Speedo I would want. Like, there's like a swim <laughs> store, but that's it. As far as like stylish Speedos for gay men, you, you just, I have to get them online. So, what about straight men that want stylish Speedos? That's a thing Steve. too. And they have to get them online too. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Idaho, we don't have, we don't have a swimsuit store at all anymore. Mm. I mean, there's swimsuits at stores, but not a, a swimsuit specific. specific store, which I'm sucks. sure there are. And I also buy cheap Speedos that like even reduce the chances even more of them working. (laughs) (laughs) But like the cut of a Speedo is a very specific thing for an individual's body type. So Mm -hmm. probably 20, probably 30% of the Speedos I buy are actually like keepers. (laughs) Yeah. They just saw you post something, a picture of you or video of you on your stories. Yeah. Then they, that spurred the question. So they saw a picture of me and a Speedo on my Instagram, and so they messaged husband a lot. No, no. It was somebody we were talking to. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> I think we were hanging by the pool. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then it came up that you had a lot of Speedos. I will say. When and I, they were genuinely asking if you could get yeah, them in packs. When I find a Speedo that is a good fit, that I like, and good quality and everything, then I'll go buy like five more of them in different colors. That's a good plan. Yeah. That's just smart. So how many do you own? Lots. You don't have a number. I don't know. Probably. So is this like the same as your shirts and your socks situation at this point? No. Enough to last for a month or two? I, I just <laughs> wear Could you wear a different Speedo every day of the month? <laughs> <laughs> he totally could. You're turning a I little probably pink. have 20. And I was just trying to think of on what occasion would I wear have a... So is it like a one-use thing? It's like, okay, I'm going to wear the Speedo no, this, this weekend. Also, we're you're only ever wearing them in water, so it's like... I so mean, you're just hoping you have a place that you could wear a different Speedo My point speedo is it's not like a pair month. of underwear. Like, a pair of underwear comes off, it's going in the dirty clothes. A Speedo... I know, I'm teasing that's you. Okay. I mean, surely you guys will re-wear a swimsuit without washing oh, it in between. 100%. 100%. I just think it's funny. Like, you could go somewhere and wear a different Speedo for 20 days. That's amazing. I could indeed. That's like life goals for me. There are some days where I put on three swimming suits in one day. It's true. Because who wants to really put on a wet swimsuit? Nobody. Nobody. Also, why not have a little costume change, you know? Heck yeah. (laughs) Costume. It's fun. (laughs) So now the Speedo is referred to as a costume. Costume change. It's my swimming costume. (laughs) I heard someone. I think that's what they used to be called. Yeah, I heard someone say that recently. I don't know. What they were, they just were referring to someone's swimsuit and they called it a swimming costume. Well, there you go. Steve has lots of swimming costumes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Whispering. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so last week we answered, we ended up just answering one question from a listener. And this week we are going to answer a couple more questions that we've received. Um, And they actually went specifically to Steve. So Matt and I haven't heard the questions yet. And Steve's diving through to figure out which ones. Yeah, it's stressing me out a little bit. Jessica's like, as she's hitting record, is like, hey, we're going to go over those questions. And I'm like, this is a whole thread, like a whole conversation <laughs> where someone someone reached out to me. He's super new to coming out and um, divorce and navigating, leaving his marriage and the church. And actually, I guess I don't know if he's leaving the church. I don't know a lot of specifics. Anyway, he just has a lot of questions about different things and how I navigated them. So do you know if they have children together? They have kids, yeah. Okay. So kind of like Mormon Mormon couple that is getting divorced and he's coming out and they have two kids. I'm actually surprised how often we get this question. Not that we get it a ton, but we do on a regular basis get people reaching out to us saying- question? I didn't ask any. No, no. This situation, (laughs) people in our exact situation, sorry. Right. That it just surprises me that we get that- as often as we do. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's, no, the, whole, that's uh-uh. the whole reason I'm doing the podcast. Is that's the reason why we're doing this. That was my, that specific, to answer that one question. I guess of, Jessica's surprised that it's working. <laughs> maybe that's what I'm surprised this about. Is, people are finding us. <laughs> but this is why, is I wish I would have had someone that I could have messaged and said, hey, I'm leaving the church. My wife and I are getting divorced. Yeah. I have a kid. I'm gay. I'm coming out. My family's Mormon. How do I navigate all this? And what do I hang on to? And what do Steve, I need to change? What do we tell them? We don't know. Heck if we you. know. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you. Just kidding. <gasps> Hope you do better than we did. Or I did. <laughs> no. And that's the thing is we have done pretty well, I would say. We made mistakes along the way and we learned from them. And I want to, I would dare say that's one of the best things we've done is being willing to learn from the mistakes we made and move on from those. And on a personal level, I really hope people can embrace things much quicker than I did. Let go of things that no longer serve you much, much faster than I did. Embrace, you know, dig deep and look at who you really are much quicker and embrace that sooner than I did. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was stuck for so long and just had the hardest time making that pivot. And it's like, if you're going to make it, just make it. You know, if you're going to come out and you're going to leave the church and you're going to get divorced, just do it and find your happiness quickly and let go of the things that keep you from that. And that was my struggle is it took me years and years and years. I was just like so torn and so stuck and just back and forth. But that's very real. It is. Of embracing and realizing that this is going to be a process. You're you're if you're leaving the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Those those roots run deep. Even even if you're just leaving and you're not queer, it's a big change. And then leaving that and adding on all of the things you had, that's a big process. And getting to know yourself again and what it is you want. Mm-hmm. But also, and, uh, we do have some tips for how to do that. And I guess that's the biggest thing is just just own what it is that you want. Like, just accept it. I That's what I took so long to do was just accepting what I really wanted versus what I was still hanging on to what I thought I should want or wished I wanted or, mm-hmm. yeah. We can always look back and right. be like, oh, I wish I would have done that. But in all reality, I think with all situation, it happened 
with all situations that happened the way it needed to happen. And all things will take as long as they need to take, you know, it's just, yeah, things take time. Yep. Okay. So what are a couple of questions that you, or well, let's pick one to start with that you feel like might be. Yeah. Let me jump through here. Um, he wanted to know how I came out to my daughter and at what age, but I feel like we've already talked quite a bit about that. I've been trying to remember how much we have talked about that. I know we've brought it up and it was kind of, I think people think it was a bigger, it needs to be a big event and it was just kind of a casual process, Yeah, which I think was great. Been gradual. Yeah. I came out to Penny when she was three. Because she made that comment that boys shouldn't hold hands. No, boys don't kiss boys. She saw you kiss a... <laughs> no, don't change yes. this. I'm not. We already talked about it, Steve. We've it's talked already about been it, recorded. And it was about kissing. She saw you kiss one of your boyfriends and she thought it was super funny the first night. Then the second night, she saw you kiss him again. And then that was when she said, boys don't kiss boys. But she saw a video. That's where you're getting the hand Dancing holding. with the star. Dan- yeah. So you think you can dance? That or- was after. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> three years old, it was clear to me that I needed to teach my daughter that it's okay to be gay and that I'm yeah. gay because clearly she was already learning from other sources that it is not okay to be gay. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, can we unpack that just a little bit? Sure. Because I... I don't know that she was being taught that it wasn't okay to be gay. I think she had just never seen a gay couple or seen anybody that was queer. Like so maybe I need to change life. my thinking then. It just, she didn't have any reason to, to view this as a normal, acceptable thing. Yeah. And so I, I think, needed to normalize that for her. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we're making a shift in in society is showing more gay couples, more queer representation in media, in video, like all of the things that helps kids to realize this isn't, it's, it is normal. Mm -hmm. This is a way people come. This isn't something that's. It needs to be normalized. I like that term. So I think that, I don't think Penny had ever been taught it wasn't okay. I never taught her it wasn't okay. I've never used those words ever. Right. But I think it was just something she hadn't seen. Well, I just know she made the statement, boys shouldn't hold hands. Or you think she made the statement, mm-hmm. boys shouldn't kiss boys, but whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. That, so that is what kickstarted me into like, all right, I need to, you know, how do I approach this? How do I come out to her? What aspects of my gay life do I let her see and what do I not? I mean, she's three years old for crying out loud. I didn't think I needed to have this conversation this early, but... Um, but anyway, my approach was, and my advice to him was that I, I got some books that included gay characters or gay families and just children's books that you can find, um, you know, just like any other little illustrated book, except instead of a kid and mom and dad, it's a kid and two dads or one of them, the one that Penny really liked that we read a ton was uncle Steve's wedding. It's just this kid that's going to his uncle's wedding who's marrying a man. And it's just, you know, and it doesn't discuss any of it. It's just two men getting married. And that's the storyline is what happens at a wedding. And, oh, he got to eat yummy cake. And he hated taking the pictures because they made him stand there forever. And but it was a gay (laughs) wedding, you know, just. Which are like all the normal things at a wedding, right? But switched and to be normalized. So what I'm hearing is you want me to write a book. (laughs) Is that what I'm hearing, Steve? What are you going to write? I don't know. 
<laughs> husband in law Steve's go, uh, husband in law Steve goes paddleboarding. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a bestseller, I'm sure. <laughs> Are you gonna wear a different speed on? Is Steve gonna yeah, be in a different speed a different on every speed page? On each page. I like it. Sweet. Actually, it'll be a coloring could, book. I was going to say, it's going to be a coloring book you can color. <laughs> that might be an adult coloring book. <laughs> Steven Speedos. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Normalize wearing Speedos, people, <laughs> while we're at it. Uncle Steve Speedos. <laughs> that did come up this week with, uh, I think this is with Remy, maybe, maybe about, gosh, I don't even know, but... It came up that we were going to start a, a movement and go on the steps of the Capitol. Normalize straight boys wearing Speedos or something like that. These <laughs> boy men wearing Speedos. I don't know. There's a lot of things that need to be normalized. <laughs> we, we're chipping away at things yeah. slowly. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Just get a book and read it with your kids. Yeah, and I just put them on a shelf. Like It was not like a discussion or a, it was just was something that I just wanted there to start being... Some exposure to those things. And yep. I quit. I guess the one thing I did was I made a point to after I told her that I'm gay and what it means to be gay. And it was a very short, you know, like yeah. boys some love. boys like girls and date girls and some boys like boys and date boys. I'm one of them that dates boys. You know, it was like that short. And then and that's called gay. And has Penny ever asked you the question, then why did you date my mom, who's a girl? Um... I don't know if she asked the question, but I know we've talked about it. I mean, I've explained where, like, this, I'm is, just curious. A, a, this is like a, I mean, this is something we talk about, like, just comes up in casual conversation or whatever. Penny knows all the details now, but I mean, even down to the affair, like, she knows that I cheated on you and how I feel about that and everything. But hmm. anyway, uh, I already forgot your question. <laughs> but just... Did she ever ask why you dated me or why you yeah. and I were together? Yeah. I mean, I've explained. Yeah. It's been explained. <laughs> so... Okay. I don't think she needs to ask that because she knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's been conversations had that you and I... Um, were best friends and still are very good friends and that that's the type of person you want to have a kid with is somebody that you are very close with and that you love and respect. So I know those conversations have been had as well around that. But you know, I told her that we are great together in so many ways, but not as husband and wife that we that we hung on to the parts of our relationship that work well and let go of the parts that didn't. And that's why we didn't stay married. Why is that funny? I all I can think is the only reason it didn't work is because you were gay, which exactly. is fine, but it just makes me laugh. Like when you think about that in context of other people's relationships, there's more to it. I feel like than just not that that isn't a big deal. Like obviously mm -hmm. we couldn't make that work and that's okay. But I don't know. I don't know why it's funny to me, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either, but I don't know why this episode feels like <laughs> you okay. two against me. What? Against you? We are not against oh, you at all here. We're understanding and learning and asking questions to help other people. It just mean, like the things I'm saying, I feel like. Oh, the point because I'm I called you out about 
I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, that is why our marriage did not work. And so we took the friendship part of it that did work and we kept that. You're 100% right. It just, I don't know why it was just funny to me to hear you say it that way. But it is the truth. <laughs> yep. What other questions did they ask? He asked about dating, what it was like. More specifically, he was asking if there are, you know, if my background in the Mormon church changed or like has it hindered my ability to connect with gays in the dating scene? And like, have I hung on to belief systems regarding chastity or the family unit or monogamy or, and I don't know that he got this specific, but this is what I assume he was asking was, have things that I learned in the church transferred over? Yes. And has that been helpful in gay dating or has it been a hindrance in gay dating and what's it been like? And I feel like what he was getting at also was like promiscuity in the gay community and mm -hmm. how do I feel about that or do I participate in it or whatever? And maybe promiscuity isn't the right word, but... But that's what he's... Because that's where he's coming from. Right, yeah. Is how do you navigate all of that of... Coming from a Mormon background, it would be considered very promiscuous. You know, there there are... And I, my response, just in the general question of what have I hung on to from Mormon doctrine and is just the, the basics of, like the basic truths, the things that I still want to live by, the fundamentals of how I still, things that I base decision making off of, like, you know, uh, serve your fellow man. And um, I don't know, I mean, I listed out a handful of them here, but suddenly I can't think of. So like family, I know you yeah. still, family the church values and family and that's something you value. Yeah. Be honest in your dealings and, you know. So basic moral. Be a good person, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, basic, just moral stuff, but like specifics of law of chastity or word of wisdom or something like, no, I haven't hung on to those same beliefs. And from my perspective, Steve, I would say that you are a man of integrity. Right. And that hasn't changed. You being a man of integrity hasn't changed because you're gay. You, you've always been a man of integrity. Right. right. And, and so I, I truly like maybe the question is, has it made you waver with your integrity? And I don't think it has. If anything, I think it gave me an opportunity to really decide you know, as he's asking here, what beliefs do I want to hang on to and do I want to continue to live by? And that is one of them. And and also, I guess my motives for doing some things changed a little bit as I navigated leaving the church as now I didn't have a long list of directives of do this, be this, don't do this, don't be this. I was on my own to figure out what did I really want to do and be what things did I think were appropriate and what things were inappropriate. And so it gave me a chance to decide, do I really, you know, yeah. Do I, what resonates? Right. And integrity was definitely one of those things that I strive to live by. Yeah. Steve always wants to do the right thing and that's and, who Steve is. And for me, human connection, human interaction is a huge aspect in much of my decision making because I want to be a good influence in people's lives. I want to build people up. I want to help someone see the good in their own situation and in their own character. And I have to say, these are conversations I feel like you and I still have on a regular basis, mm -hmm. Steve. And still see eye to eye on and still yes. share the same feelings on, even if... And we'll try to check each other occasionally. Like I check in with you 
and Matt, obviously, but I think it's interesting that I still use you as a sounding board when I'm trying to decide for myself what feels right in engaging with other people and what is my moral standard. And you do that to me as like we both engage in that way. Even though we know that each other's like perhaps the origin of some of these beliefs Mm -hmm. stems from different places at this point in life. Well, and we definitely have different views about the other things he brought up there, the monogamy and the... um, Love, chastity, meaning yeah, love, chastity. Sex Thank before you. Before or after marriage, and appropriate sexual behavior before and after, yes. and yeah, marriage so, in general versus I, cohabitation. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's an interesting thing that for a, a specifically a gay man or anybody in the queer community, I guess, leaving the church, trying to figure out what that looks like for themselves. Right. I think that's so personal and individual. Even in the church, I feel like that's very individual, no matter how who you are. But that's a big thing you have to learn and figure out where and you stand. You will find people all across the board in the gay community along mm-hmm. those lines, too, from one extreme to the other. I mean, I think there's a reputation of the gay community being much more promiscuous than, you know. Do you think that reputation is valid? I think... Yeah, I mean, you can't stereotype the whole community. You can't. But no. I will say, I think that gay men, at least many of them that I relate with and myself, spent so many years, what's the words I'm looking for here? Spent so many years repressed. Is that the word you're going to say? Repressing yeah, your repress, sexuality. Exactly. Repressing <laughs> our sexuality and hiding that and not letting ourselves actually do what we feel like doing that now that we have the freedom to do that, like I think there is a whole new appreciation for sexual liberties and sexual expression and sexual connection with other men that feel the same way. It's for me, it's been an incredibly fulfilling aspect of being out is my sexual expression. And, and I think that very much comes from, having experience of 29 years of never being able to embrace that sexual side of myself. I would. Yeah, I could see that. Well, and I think what it comes down to a lot of times while we can share our experiences and how this was for us when we divorced and what we wanted. I mean, we very much both were on the same page that we wanted to have a good relationship moving forward. Steve and I both felt that way. And so we had that goal in common. I think that helped us to be able to know where we're going. So that communication when you're first divorcing, if you are in the exact same situation as we are, really talk about that. Figure out what it is both of you want without taking it personally of maybe they want something different. Don't make that about you. Those are their concerns and wants and figure out a way to kind of come together to make those things work. Um and figure out, like Steve's saying, what makes you happy now that you're embracing this side of who you are. And what is it that you really want versus what you have told yourself you want? Yeah. And are you okay with that? Is what you want healthy for you? Is it something worth pursuing or is it something that you really should monitor? Mm-hmm. 
And honestly, I feel like that goes back to the spouse of the person you're divorcing as well. They have to figure out what it is they want now and how this all looks for them. It's a different, different reality for them. But I think that's an important thing to remember for everybody when and, going through a divorce. Yeah, and there's a lot to balance here of you've got to recognize what you want for yourself and how you want to move forward. You need to recognize how that's going to make your spouse, your now ex-spouse feel, who I hope is someone that you still care about and share some concern for about their well-being being and their feelings. And I, I know it was for me. You know, neither of us just said, well, we're divorced and I don't care how you feel about anything anymore. Or I don't care how this makes you feel. Or, you know, we still very much were concerned about each other's well-being and each other's comfort level with, you know, I didn't want to do anything that was a slap in the face to you over and over again. Like... <laughs> One thing that we have to remind ourselves, too, is that we're still on this journey. Oh, yeah. We're still living. We're still breathing. We're still on this journey of life. And we're still trying to figure some things out here. And so, yes, we may have we may be to a point altogether that we're in a good place. But I think what especially you, Jessica and Steve have done is you've kind of put a list together of these are the givens. These are what we will do to move forward. And we're going to try our hardest not to break these certain rules. Of, yeah. This is what I want. This is what Jessica wants. This is like, you've come up with these, uh, like a, almost a list of, Hey, this is how we are going to move forward. I wonder what that would look like if we actually did put it out in the list. Yeah. We haven't. It's not of like the a, things that are like, we know are most important for us in our relationship of co-parenting together. And as Steve's saying, when I, whenever I think about the fact that I care about Steve and Steve cares about me and how Steve's saying he hopes that people going through a divorce can find that, that they can still feel that, that when you find that, when you can see the other person for who they are and what they're experiencing as they're going through this, you're giving a gift to your kid because your kid gets to see see that when you have sympathy and empathy for the other person in the situation, right. that directly goes down to your kid. And that's, I think, really powerful, but can be really hard to do when you feel very hurt. And um, yeah, and going that was through a divorce. The, the third aspect that I was going to say earlier was that that's the third thing to look at is not only what do you want and how things affect you, but what does your ex want and how are things mm -hmm. going to affect them? And now your kids, like probably most yep. importantly, your kids are the most ones that are in the most pivotal phase and learning how to be successful human beings. Like you got to think through how your actions are going to affect them. How are they going to be perceived? What takeaways are they going to get from that? And mm -hmm. what do you want to teach them from this experience? Cause they're going to learn either way. They will yeah. take something away from, you know, some pivotal things away from this time frame in your life. What do you want those to be? And that's one of the reasons we made it a point to tell Penny when she was little. I We mm -hmm. both agreed that we wanted her to know when she was little that Steve was gay because I didn't, and I don't want her finding out when she's 13, 14, that her right. dad's and gay and feeling like we were lying to her or hiding it from her. about yes. not knowing her dad or... yeah. Heaven forbid at that point she thinks it's wrong and now I'm yeah. on the outs with her. Yeah. So that was another thing that we both were on board that you need to make sure and have that conversation of 
When is the appropriate time? What do we want them to know at this point? What's age appropriate? How much do we tell them? It's funny to think about. Can you imagine if Penny didn't know I was gay? That'd be so weird. How would she not know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just so sad that you would feel you have to keep that side of yourself from her. That's what I'm saying is like, she knows me so well. Like, I feel like probably more than anyone else, like I can be myself around her. And what did she tell your brother yesterday? (laughs) What did she say? (laughs) That she feels like she's raising her dad? Yeah. (laughs) She said that earlier this week too, to Ellie or one of her friends. She's like, sometimes they're in the backseat talking and she's like sometimes i'm more of the parent and you know out of me and my dad and i'm like penny i'm right here i'm right here sheesh uh, i think i mean i joke little, about stuff yeah. like that so i probably bring it on myself but i think we all have and i'm like okay we should probably uh switch that dialogue and start helping her appreciate i know she doesn't really feel that way but also making sure she appreciates all of the things you do and show up for that she doesn't have to worry about because she's a kid. Uh, now Steve's thinking in his head, how can I teach her a lesson? Exactly. <laughs> no plates for you. Exactly. She privileges just loved, revoked. Yeah. <laughs> I can maybe like chair privilege now too. Just make her, just make her walk. Couch privilege. Just make her walk between houses. Seriously. She has to walk to swim. She has to walk to all of her appointments. She has to walk to mom's house. I'm going to make her go boarding with me. I'll show her who's raising who. Uh, the things kids take away. Well, I think that is a good conversation. Did you have more you wanted to say about any of just this? Just jumping back further, like things that I did to normalize being gay. I think I'd already moved on from that question, but we have, but I also made a point to people that were in her life that she knew uh-huh. that were also gay. I made a point to point that out to her, like friends of mine that she, that we had spent a lot of time with that she now knew, like I wanted her to know that there are other gay people in her life, other people that she knows and respects and sees Living successful, normal, think, happy lives. Do you think that type of conversation breeds a an us versus them type of mentality? I definitely tried to approach it in a way that it didn't, because it's not and like how I do need you do to that? put a label on everyone that she meets as you know. But my point was just I needed to no, normalize I, gay people in life, and but I think that communication is extremely important because we can the way that we deliver a message can have an impact, a lasting impact on a child's you know life. Yeah. I, I just so, bring that up just to try and be able to teach and learn of, you know, teach other people how to how to bring that conversation I guess up. Some of the earliest ones I can think of was just we would go to brunch with some friends and previous when I wasn't like making a concerted effort to normalize <laughs> this for her. I wouldn't have done this. But afterwards, I would make a point to say Rich and David, they've been together like three years. I think they're a cute couple. Okay. And just, that is a good way of not just pointing out, not saying blatantly that they're gay, yeah. but just not obviously that. they're gay. Those two were gay. Those two were straight. Those two are, they're married. They're, you know, I didn't point yeah. out. Right. It was just, I would comment in a way that made it, that made it known to her that, oh, they're gay too. Like my dad. Yeah. I try to point things out like that in the same idea that just, it becomes a normal thing that she realizes there are lots or, of people out there that are queer that identify differently than she does. Queer, I think that's awesome. Like people she would have seen on TV or whatever, or politicians. Like, yeah, yep. 
And they are also, this isn't all of who they are, but this is part of who they are. They are also queer. They identify this way. I think it's super helpful for them to start seeing that. Cool. There you go. There's some more advice. Anything else that we need to chat about? I feel like I didn't even get down to the questions that I... (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is... Anyway. When you're answering questions, you get a lot of them, but... Lots of tangents, but... Yeah. Hopefully you didn't hear our kids running around. Galloping. (laughs) Galloping. Through the house. (laughs) It's the loudest they've ever been during a recording. That's super funny. I want to know what's going on now upstairs. (laughs) I never remember them galloping in the house. (laughs) And that was for sure a gallop. It was a gallop. (laughs) The other question, which I don't think we'll answer now, but if we want to another time, was how do I feel about those that I'm close with and their religious views that don't match mine. Ooh, that is a good topic. That's probably a whole nother. Let's uh, mark that for a whole, a whole conversation. Airmarked. Airmarked. Will you write that on the whiteboard, please, before you leave? Okie dokie. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> and th- then we'll take a picture of it and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, have a great week. We will talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.